0: Speak, O Lord, and give us ears to listen and hearts to understand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. These last few sentences of our gospel reading took me by surprise as I began to reflect and meditate on today's scripture passages. I expected to hear from Matthew 6, where Jesus talks about almsgiving and prayer and fasting, the three traditional Lenten disciplines. We always read Matthew 6 on Ash Wednesday. But what surprised me, what I had somehow forgotten, is that the reading doesn't stop there. It continues for several more verses, and it it seems to shift from talking about spiritual disciplines to spiritual investment strategies, laying up treasure in heaven. Where your treasure is, Jesus says, there your heart will be also. And at first, this took me by surprise, but as I thought about more, I realized that it might be rather telling that this took me by surprise. Because it's troublingly easy to focus in on the spiritual disciplines and forget what they're about. And this is what Jesus keeps saying in our gospel reading, isn't it? It's entirely possible to engage in all these pious practices and miss the point of pious practices. As the hypocrites do. But our reading doesn't stop there. Jesus doesn't stop there. Jesus today is drawing our attention back to the heart of the disciplines. And I realize that much the same thing is happening in our first reading from Joel. Even now says the Lord, return to me with all your heart. Lay aside everything else. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly not unlike what we're doing here today. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, set them apart. Assemble the aged, gather the children, even infants at the breast. Everyone participates in this. It's a call to action, but not just to external action. What does he say? Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to me with all your heart. And this is the question, thus, that Scripture presses upon us today, of all days. Not just what is your behavior, but where is your heart? What desire is driving these actions? Where is your heart? Jesus in Matthew 6 is revealing and, in a way, exposing the hidden thoughts and secrets of our hearts. Why am I praying? Why am I staying quiet instead of speaking up during prayer? Is it because I am talking to God or because I have this Christian identity to keep up? I don't want people to think I'm not spiritual. I don't want to expose myself somehow. I have to find the right words. I have to say them the right way. Or what will they think? Am I giving to the poor as an act of love for God or out of obligation? Because that's what I'm supposed to do because I'm trying desperately to be a good person? Am I fasting out of a desire for God or because I still have these doubts deep down, could God really want me and love me and stand ready to forgive me? And well, it doesn't seem likely that Psalm we just heard notwithstanding but I'm hoping that maybe somehow if I do all these things I'm supposed to do, if I can engage in these holy practices enough, maybe I can somehow deserve his love. I have to ask myself, am I standing up here preaching this sermon out of love for God because I want you all to know his love and his mercy and his forgiveness and how abundant and bountiful that is and how beautiful it is Or am I anxious because I really want you people to think well of me? I've got to to make it a sermon. They say, oh, that was a good one. And Jesus says, stop preaching like the hypocrites. They've received their reward. Do you see how insidious this is? How perilously easy it is to fall into what uh, Thomas Beckett in T.S. Eliot's play Murder in the Cathedral calls the greatest treason. These are the lines from that play. The last temptation is the greatest treason to do the right deed for the wrong reason. It's treachery. And the answer, don't miss this part, the answer is not knuckle down and try harder. Okay, That's not what Jesus says. This is not about effort. It comes in, but it's not the point. It's about desire. The medieval mystic Richard Rolla says, the more joy you have outwardly in the praising of men, the less joy you have inwardly from the love of God. Jesus is calling us to seek God and to love God where he can be found, this God that Jesus teaches us to call Father. Not in the praise and good opinion of others, but in the secret and hidden inner room of the heart. Jesus is calling us to make our hearts home in God. Jesus is calling us to make God a home in our heart. And so Lent is a season to deepen and to stir up desire. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And this is where the spiritual disciplines come in. It would be easy to say ah, this is about the heart, it's not about external actions, so I, I don't need to worry about those things. That's not what Scripture says. It doesn't separate them out this way. Joel combines them. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, rend your hearts and not your clothing. Jesus doesn't say, don't fast and pray and give alms. He says, when you do, here's how. In this way. The scriptures teach us that we can't separate the inner person and the outer person. In a sense, isn't that what the hypocrites are doing? We can't separate the inner and outer person because ultimately they're the same person or they're meant to be. What we do with our bodies is spiritual. It shapes us. If we do these disciplines for the wrong reasons, they may be spiritually deformative... But the answer is not reject the spiritual disciplines. The answer is to embrace them from a heart that loves God. Or if we find that we don't love God very much because we want to. And the disciplines are an aid for those who aspire to love. We need to fast. Because fasting is a way of stirring up desire. We're hungry We're needy. We're creatures full of longing. Christian fasting says all these created things are good gifts. I'm grateful for them, but they aren't enough. And so I'm setting them aside right now because I refuse to settle for anything less than God because anything less than God is not enough. Abba Poyman. One of the early desert fathers once said, do not give your heart to that which cannot satisfy your heart. We need to make space to open our hearts. We need to cultivate a holy emptiness, not for the sake of emptiness, but for the sake of love, so that we can be filled, so that we can be satisfied. We need to pray. Because without prayer, fasting is just skipping a meal. Fathers remind us demons don't pray. They also don't eat. We need to seek this God we desire or who we hope to learn how to desire. We need to cry out. We need to speak. And what's sometimes much harder, we need to listen. Part of the practice of Lent is clearing away distractions so we can hear what God has been saying and start to answer. And so we also need to give alms. I think for me, in some ways, this is the hardest one to connect. It's the easiest one to lose sight of. But it's vital. Because alms giving confronts once again our temptation to make these spiritual practices somehow subtly all about ourselves. Because, yes, Jesus calls us to seek the Father in the secret and hidden inner room of the heart, but that doesn't mean turning in on ourselves. It means turning to the one we love and seeking him where he is to be found. And love wants to give itself away for the beloved. Love pours itself out. Look at Jesus. As we give of our substance to meet someone else's need, as we pay for someone else's meal instead of our own, that becomes an offering and a response to the one who pours his own lifeblood out on the cross out of love for us. It's a way of saying yes. Because the heart of the Lenten disciplines is the love of God. His love for us. And this small and sometimes faltering love that kindles in our own hearts an answer. These practices of fasting and prayer and almsgiving, the Lenten disciplines that we take on are offered to us as a way of stirring up and expressing and deepening that holy desire and allowing the Holy Spirit to reintegrate the inner and outer person that hypocrisy has separated and allowing that flame to grow in God's own love. In the words of St. John of the Cross, as fire in fire, as heat in heat, as attentiveness in attentiveness, as desire in desire. and So once again, in the name of the church, in the name of our Lord Jesus, I invite you to the observance of a Holy Lent by self-examination and repentance of distorted intentions and treasonous motivations, by prayer and fasting and almsgiving and meditating on God's holy word, through the stirring up of holy desire and love from the heart to make yourselves ready for the joy that is coming, the joy that is to be revealed. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.